Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax and recognize the presence of God, whether you feel it or are aware of it, God is with you right now. Now we do want to increase our solical senses and even our natural senses so that we can fully recognize and participate in God's presence at all times. Because he is present at all times and in all ways. So, Lord, we just ask that you do that. Sharpen our senses so that we can see you. And we, our spirit, we tell our soulical senses and our natural senses to pay attention. to pay attention to God. He's there. He's with us right now. So just let him make himself known to you. Even if you want to do, take a deep breath in and let everything from the day or plans you have, just let them fall by the wayside. Now just take another deep breath and let that breath focus on the Lord. Every time we meet with him, consciously, we are changed. He's always working on our behalf, and our spirit, who we truly are, is always working to draw our soul back into union with itself. Again, we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. And our goal that we share with God as our goal is to become one spirit, soul, and body. This is how he shares himself. He gives himself through our spirit into our soul and into our body. He's already fully engaged in the spirit realm in your spirit. But our soul has been disconnected from our spirit because of sin, because we were born separated from God, from our soul, from our spirit, between our spirit and our soul. Our spirit was dead when we were born. If we've been born again 
It's our spirit that has been reborn. We have the same soul and the same body. The only difference is after we've received salvation is we have that regenerated spirit. It's it's our spirit, but because the soul, my soul, your soul, has gotten so used to meeting the life requirements out of its own strength, our soul resists the eternal life that is available by our spirit. Our soul likes control for a variety of reasons. Fear of rejection, enjoying control. The only, there's a reason it's called eternal life. It's because it's more. It's the only thing that satisfies. It's our original state of being is eternal. But to live on this earth, we were given a soul and a body. And our spirit was meant to provide life to our soul and our body. When we were disconnected by the fall, between that disconnection between our soul and our spirit, so that the soul no longer got its life from our spirit, the soul continued to do the best it could and get its needs met on its own terms. But once we were regenerated spiritually, God will not allow the soul to endlessly resist eternal life. So your soul right now is kind of double-minded, has two different desires. It wants to maintain control but it also has tasted eternal life and wants to return to that. So that's where the real struggle is. The more time we spend with God, the more that the part of our soul that wants to return to eternal life wins. It's the goodness of God that draws us the goodness of God that is eternal life, that is already fully in our spirit. And the more we allow our spirit, our soul, to return to that relationship with our spirit through partaking, tasting and seeing and experiencing what spirit life is, the more willing our soul is to let go of its own control and accept eternal life. This is why we're always putting so much emphasis on spending time with God, learning to hear his voice, 
participating in what he is doing in your life rather than doctrine or understanding what God is doing in the world or praying for others or having an impact. Or, now, those are all, you know, there's nothing wrong with any of that. It's just that's not what God's main goal for us as individuals is. We don't determine that. We don't determine what is most important to God for each one of us as individuals. You will have projects assigned to you as part different facets of your life from what your family looks like to your job to where you go on vacation. But each of those is important to God only as much, only as far as we use that opportunity to learn and be changed by God's impact in our lives. In other words, you don't have to be in ministry to be fulfilling God's call on your life. Because your call, his call on your life is to be with him. And part of learning to be with him is to learn is learning to walk as a spirit being. And part of learning how to walk as a spirit being, a living spirit being on this earth, is to come up against and live in different kinds of circumstances. Sometimes stressful, sometimes joyful, victory, success. Sometimes success is far more revealing and challenging than coming up against difficult circumstances. A lot of times we have no problem asking God for help, turning to him, when times are hard, but have a harder time turning to him when things are easy. How do we deal with that? We develop habits. The first one being, regardless of the circumstance or situation, you turn to God. Lord, is that you? You learn how to test it. You don't rely on your mind, your teachings, or another person. It's always, Lord, what's going on here? Lord, do you want me to be paying attention to this? Lord, is this you? And just that turning becomes a habit. And by doing that, we are reinforcing the and recognizing the connection between our soul and our spirit. When Jesus was walking around, when God was walking around on this earth, Jesus, he did not have any disconnect between his soul and his spirit. He was quintessentially spirit, soul, and body. And yet, he had to learn how to live as a spirit being 
from his father. But he did that. He didn't go into the to the priest to be taught, okay, this is how you know God. He went to God. He didn't go to others to find out what his assignment was, what his assignment is as Messiah, as healer, as teacher. His father taught him everything he needed to know. Same for us. Through our spirit and other ways, God teaches us exactly what each one of us needs to know. He changes us so that we can accept every moment of every day to becoming more and more whole, spirit, soul, and body. And there's a simplicity in our shared goal and yet a layer and layers and layers of what it actually looks like in our lives. And that's why we have time. That's why we have days. So we can start again. So we can recognize growth. We're learning things here on this earth that we couldn't learn any other way. And so we want to take advantage of our opportunities here. And again, the best way to start is by developing habits that we rely on regardless of whether our circumstances are good or bad. And again, we start with waiting on him, learning to recognize his voice and, and saying, okay, Lord, I want to know you and I know our shared goal is to be reconnected, reunited, spirit and soul. So whatever you want to do, I'm up for it. Then see what he starts to put his finger on. And it may be surprising. A lot of times we'll pick things that we think, okay, now this this is interfering with that reunion. And he may have a totally, he may, that may not be bothering what his plans are at all. He may be putting his finger on something that was there. You may have even recognized it, but, God, it's not that important. Well, God knows what's important, and your spirit does too. Remember who you truly are. Your spirit already knows everything about your life. Your past, your present, your future, Every question you've ever had, your spirit, who you are, knows the answer. So it's not that we're lacking for information. It's just we're not connected. We're not receiving that eternal life. So one of the big questions we always have is, is there any way of speeding this up? We're always in a hurry. Fortunately, the answer is yes. And and we've talked about some of those, but, you know, we were spending some time on the Lord's night visits and how valuable time is at night. And it's valuable for very practical reasons. 
for one, just it's quieter. And there's an expectation of quietness, of not being disturbed. And the silence can be calming and refreshing. And that gives God time and opportunity to reveal himself in a special way. Sometimes we can recognize his presence and sometimes we just, okay, uh, you know, I know that since I'm making myself available, you are, God, you are using this time for your purpose. But our body is less active. Which means that you know when you're, when you're busy in your body, you are making demands on your soul. Just as our body and, and soul and spirit are all meant to be connected, since the soul was cut off from life, the body has also struggled. Because the soul is not receiving life, It doesn't have much life to give to the body. So the body is like been starving your whole life. Starving for that spiritual life, for that eternal life. And where is it going to get it? Now, your body does get life from outside sources, but internally, by its own creation, it's meant to get life, eternal life, through the soul, from spirit to soul to body. So that's where the the pull is. And again, your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. Let me give you an example. Why we always say this, you know, when something terrible happens, we say, why? Why me? Or why did I do something stupid? Well, that's... That's your body calling upon your soul to answer for your circumstances. Help, you know, we, we want an explanation. We want to understand why things are going happening the way they are. We try to fill in the gaps between the natural and the supernatural without the benefit of the spiritual. So when we can be quiet, and when our body can be quiet, our soul is more free to receive spirit life. Over time, as our soul receives more and more spirit life, in turn that spirit life is transferred to our body. The connection between your body and your soul has never been disrupted, except there's been no life flowing through. You know, that song we sing, you know, that same spirit dwell in you will quicken your body. That's what we're talking about, that... You will be refreshed by the Lord's night visits in your soul and in your body. God works on your behalf 
in both the soul and your body. Also, if we're as we spend time with with the Lord at night, our soul is less distracted by the cares of this world and is more available to receive unconditionally what the Lord wants to share unconditionally. And one of the things that happens is, you know, when we're trying to work out a question or a problem, our mind on its own will come up with options for solutions. You know, these three things, these are my choices, one, A, B, and C. As we spend time with God, he gives us whole other options because they're coming from a totally different realm of reality. Our soul is limited. Our body is limited. Our spirit is not. So very often we'll get those questions answered. We'll get those problems solved. He changes how we feel about people, how we feel about ourselves, what we think. He changes our desires, our goals. He changes our mind. He changes our belief system, what we believe about him, about ourselves, about others. Again, this is done by the Lord from his spirit through our spirit to our soul. Now, what God will often do to reinforce what he teaches us at night is he tests us during the day. Now, we've talked about there are two basic different ways of of visiting with the Lord in the night seasons. And those are without us waking up and being aware, and also he wakes us up to be with him. Now, I've just used terms to describe those two categories that he communes with us without waking us. But when he wakes us, we call those visits. So communing with the Lord is when he is ministering to us through our spirit to our soul in one way, shape, or form without us being aware. He turns our mind as we sleep. He changes us as we sleep. He answers our questions as we sleep. We don't have to be aware that God is ministering to us for him to be effectively ministering to us, changing us, healing us. Very often, God does his greatest and fastest work as we sleep because he's not interfered with. We're not, we're not trying to, to direct him or restrict what he wants to do. Now, one of the ways we can really amplify this is to recognize and invite him 
we can and I would encourage you to just write something down so you can can take this seriously. Expect the Lord to commune with you. Let's do that tonight. And you could say something, Lord, I'm available. Whatever you want to do tonight, I appreciate. If you want to wake me, that's great. If not, I thank you ahead of time for what you're going to be doing in my soul and in my body even as I sleep. I give you my sleeping time. Now what that does is as you fall asleep, what will you be thinking of? Will your mind be thinking on what you were just watching on TV, what you were just reading, the problems you were the problems of the day, what you need to do tomorrow? No, your mind, your soul, and even your body will have an expectation that the Lord will be coming even without you aware of it, to visit that night, to commune with you, spirit to soul to body. There's an expectation, a seed that is planted. And then when you wake up, follow that up. Lord, thank you for visiting me last night. Is there something you want to bring to my attention that happened last night? a question that you answered. Is there something that I'll need for the day? And when we start making every moment of our day part of his training, part of his changing us, we are joining him, being yoked with him through the process of bringing us into oneness, spirit, soul, and body. And yet look how easy that is. This is one of the simpler ways of starting to bring your mind under the influence and control of your spirit, redeeming your time, not just the time, but your time, your night seasons. And then you're setting yourself up for the day. Something may happen during that day where it seems familiar or a difficult situation comes up where you find yourself knowing the solution to it. And God just kind of taps you on the, on the shoulder. You were ready for this. And you were ready for this because you recognized that I was going to be, that I was communing with you. And he, he starts taking every opportunity as we let him to reinforce what he teaches us, what he's changing in us during the night seasons. Now, we're, we've been talking so much about waiting for him and cultivating quietness. We're, we're spreading that into the night season. And as you do that, as you continue to wait for him and start redeeming the, the sleeping, the, the night seasons, We're waiting for him. We're cultivating quietness. And there will likely be an increase in responses during the day of things he's teaching us during those times, during the night seasons, during our quiet times, during our whole waiting, learning to be patient and recognizing his presence. 
we'll start to make the connection in our lives and see him. The more we see him active in our lives, the more we want more. And that's how he draws us. That's what gives us the desire to push aside things that used to satisfy. And that's where there'll be an increase in his moving in our life and moving in our soul and releasing healing and strength and giving us understanding and experience of how he does things, how we're learning his ways of doing things. And the more he does that, again, the more we want. We taste and see that he is good. Now, as that starts to happen, as we, again, are expanding the areas of our life where we have given God permission to do what he wants, to reunite our soul and spirit, that's when he starts waking us up at night. Or that's when we really start enjoying setting aside a time where we get up ourselves. And that's what we will pick up next time. Until then, feel free to drop me a line at diane@therainersclub.org, and I'll get back with you as soon as I can. Until next week, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.